Welcome to Business Conversations with your host, business strategist, Clive Ennevar. Clive is joined by expert guests as they talk business behind the scenes to give you the tools and insights to support your growth, security and serenity as you strive for your success. Welcome to another episode of Business Conversations with Clive Ennevar. I am Clive Ennevar, business strategist, and we're having a conversation with Cara Lambert about how understanding what motivates your business helps it grow. Cara is determined to educate businesses how to connect to their audience and staff with purpose and effect. She educates her audience on how aligning what motivates business owners, businesses and audiences makes sense online, offline and financially. An engaging speaker, Cara's in-depth understanding of psychology is married with her practical experience in management and business. Cara's interest began in the workforce and is reinforced by industry research in psychology. Hello, Cara Lambert. Hi, Clive. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Absolute pleasure. Where does Cara hang out nowadays? And let's understand just a little bit about who Cara Lambert is. Where do I hang out? I love being online. I've got to be honest. Um, I've been comfortable being online and helped businesses grow online since 2000. So although I'm a Gen Xer, I actually behave like a digital native and a Gen Y when it comes to living online. So I love Facebook. I am learning to enjoy Instagram. I love Pinterest. I'm growing Pinterest. But I've got to say Facebook is my first love online. And it will always maintain a very near and dear place to my heart. And if you're looking for me, I've made it simple. I'm caralambert.com on any social media platform that I happen to be on. So that's where you'll find me. Well, that's probably an excellent start in business, keeping it simple uh, so that everybody... (laughs) has every chance to get the thing right. <laughs> it is, and I'm so glad I learnt it. I learnt, um, I grabbed it from the start, but I've learnt even the top end of town. I don't know if your listeners are aware of a company called Hague's Chocolate. I'm based in Adelaide. Hague's is our major chocolatier brand. And I was looking at the back of their truck one day and it's like, okay, this is our handle for Instagram and this is our handle for Facebook and this is our handle for Twitter and they're all different. I'm thinking, surely you guys have got enough money to go and buy the other ones if they're already taken. (laughs) Or, you know what, get in early, get it and consolidate, make it easier for your clients. Yes, that's a big thing I think in business is uh, trying to, have things less difficult because, uh, let's face it, we have a couple of major um, supermarkets in Australia and uh, they're both pretty well known, aren't they? And it's just simple words for each one. Correct. But you, of course, mostly you don't want to be dealing with people, with businesses of that size, well, you'd love to, but you you mostly focus on uh, small to medium businesses. Is that right? Yeah, I focus on small to medium service-based businesses who have been around for at least three years. So they're established businesses and they're primarily service-based businesses. I've found after years in government, the big end of town is just too slow to turn. So I like people who get in there and get stuff done. (laughs) 
And so it's small to medium enterprise for me. Vibrancy is a big part of, of uh, your business. It is. It is. Uh, the ability to take action. I, um, I like business owners who are prepared to get in there and take action and question, sure, absolutely, but want change to happen and are prepared to do the work to, to make it happen. And as I mentioned in uh, my introduction of you, uh, you educate your audiences on how aligning what motivates business owners, businesses and audiences works, well, everywhere essentially, online, offline and financially. Can you give us a bit of an insight into that? Yeah, so what business really boils down to, Clive, is that you've got the business, and I like to call them person A, And if we take the client, for example, and we call them person B, right, and you need them to do something, you need them to buy, you need them to click a button, you need them to sign up, you need need them to do something. Let's call it X, for example. So you've got person A, the business, person B, the client, and X that you want, want done. So what businesses tend to do is they either focus on person A being themselves I want more sales. I want more conversions. I want, gosh, I sound like someone from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, don't I? (laughs) This is all about me and what I want and what I need, right? That's what I hear a lot of. Or it's we need more sales. We need more conversions. We need more opt-ins. It's all about the outcome. So they're either focused on themselves or they're focused on the outcomes. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being outcomes driven. Don't get me wrong. That's great. The problem is, is that they forget person B, the one that actually does X. So, for example, the client that makes the sale, that makes the purchase, the client who presses the button and opts in, the client who subscribes, <laughs> the staff member who sells effectively for your uh, business, the business owner who's actually inspired, person B is the person that I focus on and what drives them, what motivates them to do thing X. So I've looked at this for a very long time. I first came across it when I was working in, in federal government here in Australia. And what it was was that I had a group of staff. I had about 10 staff. I was running a quality assurance function and we had a two-year backlog of work. I was the third manager in three years. I was the youngest manager that they had. Um, In fact, I was the second youngest member of the team. I was the last one into the team and I was promoted to management. What I did not know was that two-thirds of my staff were with actually were within five years of retirement. And I was told in no uncertain terms, guess what, Cara, all of that backlog has to go. I was only put in there um, as a temporary stopgap measure. But Cara, guess what? All of that backlog has to go. And I did. The backlog all went in three years. There was no extra money. There was no extra pay. There was no overtime. What I did was I looked at, I 
I honestly admit I made a mistake. I went to the first person. I said, so how do you, you know, where do you see yourself in five years' time? And when they said retired, I died. I went, oh, gosh, I've got another few of these interviews to do. And thinking mentally about the, the demographic, I went, oh, most of my staff are actually going to fall into that category. Something has to change. So what I did was I looked at what the drivers were for the agency, what it stood for, what its beliefs were, what its values were, what its goals were. And then I asked my staff, so what are your beliefs? What are your values? What are your needs? What are your goals? And they told me. And so what I did was I said, okay, this is where we are. This is what we have to achieve. This is where you fit in the agency and this is what we're going to do to get it done and I had staff who were clock watchers who were just biding their time to the next lot of holidays to the next paycheck I had them asking me for additional work I actually gave them training roles a lot of them to train staff so that there wasn't a loss of corporate knowledge and it was all done and not only were my staff happier and they stopped clock watching Um, our clients were happier as well. So remember I said we were in a quality assurance role? Quality assurance is not the most favourite place to be. (laughs) You are not high on the list of somebody's um, priorities. In fact, it was second to the auditors. And (laughs) it's like, oh, no, the auditors are coming, followed by, oh, no, quality assurance have asked for my file. Um, So that that was the chain where we sat. Um, and our clients were actually asking us for advice. They were seeking us out for advice. So our clients were happier, my staff were happier, my staff were more more productive, and the backlog went in three months. So that's where I learnt this about I could have gone on person A, the agency needs thing X, this backlog gone, and hounded them, and they wouldn't have produced the result. Instead, I went, person B, my quality assurance officer, what is it that drives you? Where do you need? What do I need to understand about you so that I can get X done? And by the way, this is where you fit alongside person A. What I then went on to find was the whole heap of research that actually sat behind this. I went on to do start a master's in business administration. And I found a whole heap of research that actually supported what I had discovered intuitively. And then moving into the business coaching sphere, I looked at it more broadly. And I looked at it when it applies to social media. So caralambert.com wants to connect with Clive Enover and I need Clive to opt in to my freebie. So what is it that Clive Enever, what drives Clive? And what is it that drives Clive but also drives Cara that will make Clive opt in for my freebie? What is it about staff member B that will get them up and working and motivated to do the sales and to be as passionate about their business as I am to make those sales, sell that thing? my clients 
and it works. And I'm doing this with clients and it doesn't matter what industry they're in. Um, I've had beauticians, <laughs> I've had tradespeople and I've had um, real estate agents and I've all service-based people because that's the industry that I like, I prefer to work with. But at the end of the day, it's all about people and understanding what drives the person to get what you want and putting them first. It's, you know, I see this whole approach of person-to-person social media or human-to-human social media. This is it. This is focusing on the person, but it also says, by the way, these are the things that we actually have to focus on. These are the drivers. Let's step them out. Let's look at them. Let's see how they match ours. Make sure we're we're talking about the same thing and moving in the same direction. But also the benefit of this is, is that if you're talking to a client and you go, you know what, Clive, I really understand that you really have this need to be, I don't know, whatever, I hear you, I understand you, I get that, and but this has to be authentic and this is what I do to do that. Or I understand, Joe, that you have a fear about X, Y, Z. I really get it, you're not alone. This is where my clients are and this is how we fix it. So what it is, it's meeting the person where they are, showing them that they understood and that they have a place to fit. Because humans are social beings. We like to feel connected. We like to have a place. We like to know where our place is and where our tribe is. And by showing them as a business owner that you've heard them, you've understood them, they feel welcome. You develop that know, like and trust that so many of us want because you've actually shown it to them. But also you put them in the driver's um, position to still get that outcome X that you really want. You put them in control, but you're still able to get X done. It's like trying to get a toddler to do something. If you constantly tell them to do this thing, you're never going to do it. But if you make it their idea, you'll get it done in no time flat. Essentially, it comes back to... um looking after people's needs and wants. You, you're providing uh, the, in, in one of the cases you were talking about there, you, you're providing the uh, employee uh, with a satisfactory outcome, which in turn provides the customer which is with a satisfactory outcome. And golly gee, people are happier. I know. And that's oh. the thing. It's so logical when you look at it. But do we think about it and do we actually implement it? No. Maybe it's yes, because it we so find uh, lots of ways of doing things rather than uh, the simple way. And uh, you know, as you know, and most of our listeners know, I, I coach people in how to get along easily, more easily in uh, what it is that they're doing. And uh, frequently my clients say to me, but that's too simple, Clive. But then they go and try it and, uh, gee whiz, it works. But you've gone far more deeply into this because the psychology aspect of it, uh, perhaps that came from your 
you know, initially being thrown in the deep end, I think you described, and uh, going, crikey, I swam out of that, but what did I do? Well, it actually stems from a degree in psychology. I have a degree in psychology and a graduate diploma of management. So that's where it all stems from. There is theory that I have learnt and then there's further research that I've done. Um, Like I said, I started doing a master's. Uh, and it's now just an interest, just an interest, she says, <laughs> something that I continue to, to grow. So I feel like, yes, I was, I was thrown in the deep end and I had to try something different. It's one of those things that, oh, my gosh, the way that I've been doing this in the past is not going to work and I have to try something different and something drastic to get the change that I actually seriously need. And that's what I did. And obviously you've done it quite well because, uh, as you said, you you love hanging out on uh, uh, social, well, in Facebook in particular. Yep. But uh, the other platforms are there and you're, you're gaining your way in those as well. But it works just as well offline. It does because it doesn't matter whether we're on social media as a client or as a staff member. So if you've got it, I had a displaced staff. I did not have a single staff member here in Adelaide with me. They were spread over Australia. So it worked over the phone, over video calls, via emails, um, face-to-face you know, it, it works because we're still people. It doesn't matter what platform we're on. We still bring these core drivers that make, determine why we do a particular behaviour. We still bring those with us regardless of which platform we're on, whether we're, you know, in our tracky decks dropping the kids off at school or whether we're dressed to the nines and going out. We're still the same person and we still have those same drivers that sit behind what we do. Indeed. It, it's uh, not so important how the message arrives, it's what the message is. Correct. And if we provide that right message uh, all the way through, then everybody gets a good result and the whole place runs swimmingly, so to speak. And that's the beauty is that knowing what these drivers are, it allows for consistency of communication as well. And telling the same story is super important. It is. <laughs> How much more difficult is it for a business that has staff or indeed is it more difficult for a, a business that has staff or are other troublesome ones we sole operators like me? <laughs> um, or, or myself now. Um, I, though I do outsource a number of things. So I think what it comes down to is being very clear one, on what your drivers are personally, then what your business drivers are, and then when you recruit. This is an issue better solved at the recruitment stage than trying to backtrack like I had to <laughs> and, and shoehorn a fit, so to speak. Um, it's easier to, to do this from the get-go. So you go, okay, these are the things that we stand for that I stand for, these are my non-negotiables, this is what we're trying to achieve and, you know what, we're looking for someone who can bring 
XYZ who shares not necessarily our vision but can com- can complement these beliefs and values. I mean, there's nothing worse than working in an environment where your beliefs and your value systems don't match. It's soul-destroying as a staff member. So if you've already got staff, you are just going to have to sit down and have that conversation with them. Um, yes, you are going to have to manage them and you're going to have to performance manage them if it doesn't work. Yes, I had to do that. Yes, we had weekly staff meetings. Absolutely. But that's key to running a successful business and keeping it on track. You're the helmsman. You've got to keep this business going in a particular path. So steer that baby. <laughs> Indeed. And even, of course, uh, if you have hired all these people and hired them correctly, still important to have that um, frequent and regular communication. Absolutely. And the joys of knowing what these drivers are for the business is that you can then embed them. You can embed them in HR policies. You can embed them in mission and vision and value statements. You can embed them in um, the any templates or any scripting that you use for sales conversations and things like that. Like I said earlier, it allows for the consistency. I think one of the biggest benefits is that you will end up with happier staff and you'll end up with happier clients. And the reason why this works financially is because happy clients buy more. And more often. Yeah. <laughs> Who'd have thought that? <laughs> so simply done too. Yes, indeed. Let's, let's keep it simple and uh, provide people with what they want rather than make it difficult and try and sell, him, sell them something they don't want. Yes, yes. Yeah, so we're getting a good understanding from you, Carb, of uh, how... Uh, understanding motivators can help people in business and staff of businesses and therefore customers of businesses. Is there a relatively simple way for people to find out what their motivators are in case they don't already know or might have the wrong view of what their motivators are? So I've actually distilled them back to five key mm-hmm. motivators and they stack and I'm going to do tell the the listeners the stack in the order that you actually need to address them in. So the first one that you have to identify or you should identify and understand and address are fears because it is the thing that stops us from doing things and if you're trying to get person B to do X, you need to know what's stopping them first. So the first thing is fears. And it may be that, for example, your clients are, I don't know, they're afraid of hurting themselves. They're afraid of spending too much money. They're whatever it is they're afraid of. Your staff are afraid of looking stupid um, or embarrassing themselves or they're afraid of losing their jobs. You need to actually address that first because if we can't get past our fears, we can't move to the next level, which is our needs. So what are our needs in a particular environment that we bring to a particular situation? I use buying a toaster as an example. I needed a new toaster. There were no fears around buying said toaster. I wasn't afraid of not giving my kids toast. 
Um, but I had a shopping list of needs that I had. So I had to address those needs before I could go on to the, oh, well, it needs to, I, you know, I want it to look like this. It, I want it to be brushed chrome, but it needed to have four slices. It needed to have that crumpet setting on it. It had to have the crumpet setting, otherwise it was a no-go. So what are the needs that your clients, your staff are bringing to a situation? Understand those. Then it's what are their beliefs? So a belief is a thought that we hold as truth. These things are set about by our learned experiences, by our culture, and they're not universal. So I believe in psychology. Not everybody else believes in psychology. Um, I believe in science. I, you know, these, these are my beliefs. They can be, and they, they're easily changed. So you need to understand the beliefs that someone brings into a situation. And the next one is values. So values are universal. They're not culturally driven. They're things like honesty, integrity, uh, family, love, courage. Um, that's probably one that's coming up a lot lately. Courage. Vulnerability is another one that's coming up lately. Can you tell that I'm a Brene Brown fan? Um, <laughs> so that's the next level. And then above that is the goals, our goals, our dreams, and our aspirations. Too often businesses just go to, okay, so what do they want out of this? What are their goals, dreams, and aspirations? Well, guess what? Unless you can overcome their fears of actually getting to their goals, you're not going to get them to their goals. If, unless you get over and tell them how it meets their needs, they're not going to be looking at their goals, how it fits in with their belief structure, how it fits in with their value structure. That's how we get it. So you need to define all of these for yourself, for your business, for your staff, for your clients. That's how you work out what these drivers are. And how might we apply that, Cara, on Facebook? So what you can do on Facebook is you can do it in your posts. Uh, this works particularly well in Facebook ads. It works particularly well if you're trying to write a post about a freebie, um, if you're trying to get someone to opt in, for example, which is what I'm thinking about most often when I talk about a freebie. Uh, so it's, you know, I understand that you might be afraid of doing X, Y, Z. It's okay. I hear you. You're not alone. Most of my clients have the exact same fears. Or I understand that you need X, Y, Z. You're not alone. Most of my clients are exactly the same. So people can go, oh, oh, you've actually heard, you actually understand, you actually know where I'm coming from. What this does is it removes the client from having to go, okay, so the business has provided me with a whole list of benefits and I need to now try and work out all features, even worse, um, and I have to work out how what I want actually fits into these benefits or features. No, no, no. What you're doing is business owner is going, hey, guess what? I know that you want this and I know that you want that and I know that this is what you're afraid of and I know this is what you need and I know this is what you value and that's why we do it this way. 
because we've heard, we understand, we know where you're coming from. And we're not going to make you shoehorn your and try and work out whether or not we fit what you want because we're actually going to tell you that we've listened and repeat it back to you. And it's been my experience to discover customers actually like that. They do. They do because, you know what, we are so pressed for time. So if you don't have to make your client think about it and they go, oh, yeah, you, you actually get it, you understand where I'm coming from with this, sure, not a problem, I'll buy or I'll opt in because you've heard me, you understand, I don't have to think about it, it's a done deal. Should, as a business owner, does one need to be concerned about different motivators for different platforms? No, because we're the same. People are the same. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter if, you know, you're on Instagram or you're sending an email or you're on the telephone. I mean, I suppose if you're on the telephone, you're going to be listening to what the client is saying or if they're in front of you, you're going to be listening or you should be listening to what they're saying. So it actually makes it easier for you to hone in on what they're saying. Um, and this is probably where a lot of my clients say to me, okay, Cara, so I'm on social media or I'm on a, writing my newsletter or I'm writing my blog and I need to know what their fears are or I need to know what their needs are or I need to know what their beliefs are. <laughs> do I just guess? No, you listen to them. So how do I listen to them? Well, if they're on the phone, you take notes and you can hear it. Or you go to your reviews or your testimonials because they will tell you, you know, I was so glad that they did X, Y, Z. It made me feel better when they said this. Um, I was really afraid of this, but they made me feel that. So they will actually tell you, clients will tell you, and you'll be able to use them in the the marketing that you put out when you're addressing these drivers in particular. Very good. And that's a really important thing. If if we listen to people, they generally tell us what they want. And amazing how they usually tell you what they want and then buy it from you. Especially if you repeat it back to them. <laughs> <laughs> Quite an amazing thing, really, isn't it? So, it's great. Who wasn't it's this is hard? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not when you understand people. <laughs> Indeed. It's, business is all about people. There, there's no doubt about that. And, look, you've been providing us with absolutely wonderful information here and tremendous tips. Uh, I'm sure that uh, our listeners will have grabbed hold of a whole bunch of things from there. But... Let's find out a bit more about Cara. What's the best tip you have received from a business conversation? The best tip that I've ever received from a business conversation um, was actually one of the things that my one of my managers used to say to me. He said, don't complain and don't explain. And that is probably the best thing. So when it comes to business, if I make a mistake, I do not complain about it and I don't explain myself either. Guess what? My client doesn't care. I mucked up. <laughs> so <laughs> I just get on with it, apologise and move along. So it's probably the best piece of advice that stuck with me through the years is don't complain and don't explain. Yeah, it's amazing how people will accept, okay, there was an error, but uh, let's fix it. Yeah, they don't want to hear. Know how it happened. Just fix it. 
exactly. <laughs> What's the top piece of advice you'd like to leave our listeners with today, Karen? The top piece of advice I'd like to leave the listeners with is to understand that everyone comes into a situation with their own drivers and that if you've encountered uh, a cranky client or a difficult staff member, to step back and go, okay, I get it, you're coming to this position with these fears, these needs, these beliefs, these values, these goals, and then to ask them, listen, and then align them. Damned good advice, Cara. Most importantly, as we're coming to the end of our conversation now, how can listeners connect with you to start their own business conversation? Well, the best way is to book a call with me. I offer a 30-minute free um, confidence call with people who are not my clients. They're able to access that through a booking link, which is bookme.caralambert.com. If they're not ready to have a conversation straight away, there is a lot of information on my blog, which is at caralambert.com. So you'll be able to find a lot of information about what we've discussed, how to go deeper into the psychology of your clients, psychology of Facebook and online, um, my story about how I motivated my staff, how to overcome fears, those kinds of things. Um, but we can certainly personalise that by booking that 30-minute session. So all, all the things that um, people need in order to have their business run more smoothly, more profitably, uh, and have happier clients, happier staff, happier business owners. And make more money. <laughs> Probably shouldn't forget that in business, should we? No, no, we shouldn't. <laughs> Not all altruistic. <laughs> Cara, this has been wonderful. Thank you for providing all of those tips. Um, I'm sure the listeners can grab heaps out of what you've been able to provide us today. And yeah, for those out there, if you should I call Cara? Should I have a conversation with Cara? The answer is simple. Yes, get to it. Book yourself a call with Cara. Find out uh, how you can change what you do. Make life much more easy and simple and profitable thank you Cara for being uh, on our business conversation thank you Clive for having me and thank you to the listeners for, for listening all the way through thanks for listening to another episode of business conversations with Clive Enever. make sure you subscribe to future episodes via your favourite podcast app and you can find more business resources at cliveenever.com.au